Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 471, October 6, 2020. 87 degrees was the high on this day. That occurred in 2007, and it was as chilly as 25 degrees in 1873. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I want to delay getting to Project Veritas, Rook, in case uh, Leiden gets back to us. I'll let you know. In the meantime, speaking of heat... Warm as 87 degrees on this day in 07. We now have research that shows climate change has a harsher effect on people of color. So the temperature is racist. (laughs) Okay. Rising temperatures are widening the racial achievement gap in U.S. schools. This is in today's Star Tribune. It's the always reliable New York Times providing us this. Rising temperatures are widening the racial achievement gap in U.S. schools. New research suggests offering the latest evidence that the burdens of climate change fall disproportionately on people of color. Okay. In a paper published Monday in the journal Nature Human Behavior, researchers found that students perform worse on standardized tests for every additional day of 80 degrees or higher, even after controlling for other factors. Those effects held across 58 countries, suggesting a fundamental link between heat and reduced learning. Okay. But when the researchers look specifically at the U.S. using more granular data to break down the effect on test scores by race, they found something surprising. The detrimental impact of heat seemed to affect only black and Hispanic students. R. G. Sung Park, the paper's lead author and an assistant professor of public policy at UCLA, said the gap seemed to reflect the fact that minority students are less likely to have air conditioning at school or at home. Okay. Being exposed to higher temperatures appears to take a gradual and cumulative toll on those students' ability to absorb their lessons. He said, it's like a thousand little cuts to your ability to focus and concentrate and learn, Park said. The findings are the newest addition to a body of research showing that climate change in general and rising temperatures in particular have a greater effect on minorities. I would stop you right there. Yeah. Um, what does climate change have to do with this? This has to do with air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, a study published in January found that a history of redlining, the long discredited policy of marking minority neighborhoods as risky places for banks to lend money, and the underlying and the underinvestment that goes along with it has left many black neighborhoods with more paved areas and fewer trees. As a result, those neighborhoods were hotter than their white counterparts, leading to more causes, uh, cases of heat-related illnesses. We talked about the trees a couple of weeks ago. Let me stop right. right there. Let me stop right there. First of all, redlining doesn't exist anymore. And two, uh, there's nothing to stop anyone from planting a tree. And three, if there's, if there's underinvestment, uh, in so-called uh, poor neighborhoods, why is there so much pavement? Wouldn't pavement go hand in hand with an investment of some kind? What, what do you mean? What, 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 what well, you they say they that? say that they say that uh, an underinvestment 
that goes along with it has left many black neighborhoods with more paved areas and fewer trees. Well, if there's underinvestment, what was getting, why was it getting paved? Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. If there's, if there's lack of investment in poor neighborhoods, why is there, why, why are we paving them? This makes no sense. In June, research published in uh, JAMA Network Open showed that pregnant women exposed to high temperatures or air pollution are likely to have children who are premature, underweight, or stillborn, and African-American moms and babies are harmed at a much higher rate than the population at large. The link between heat and education has become an important part of the story. I can't read this whole thing because it makes me uh, throw up in my mouth. Researchers separated. We're measuring... We're measuring school days by temperature. And if it's warm out, uh, we are uh, managing to say that that disproportionately affects uh, students of color. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, don't, don't, do schools have air conditioning? I have no idea. I never went to a school that had air conditioning. <laughs> Same here. So I, I have no idea. There's I never had air conditioning be. in my house until 13 years ago. You should keep reading because there is something interesting. They found students who experienced more school days of 80 degrees or hotter in the years before their tests fared worse than their counterparts at the same school district who took the test in years with fewer hot days. But that uh, connection was only true for black and Hispanics, for students with lower family income. Now listen to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, For white students as a group, there was no statistically significant uh, effect. In parentheses, it says... The data did not allow the researchers to look at race and income together, preventing them from determining the effect of heat exposure on test scores for more specific groups such as low-income white students. Mm -hmm. So low-income white students weren't even part of the study. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. There is desperation, uh, apparently even in science, if this can be considered science, there is desperation to continue to be so condescending to people of color. I, I think it's insidious. I, I, I've talked about it many times. Uh, in addition to the many excuses we dream up for the behavior of black children, uh, be it their grades or their cultural behavior, we can, we are now adding to that list that uh, your test score is not your fault. It happened to be 83 degrees that day, and your school didn't have air conditioning. Th- this can't possibly work as a template for a functioning society. If we continue to come up with reasons and excuses why kids uh, might be doing poorly in school, rather than say, hit the books, kid, uh, we got no shot. There's just no shot. And this tree pavement thing is absolute B as in B, S as in S. Why in the hell is there pavement if there's no investment? Somebody was in there investing to put pavement in. And, and it's such a, it's such a vague, vague concept. I, I think we're supposed to imagine poor neighborhoods with acres of, of cracked pavement with weeds growing through them and, uh, thus, uh, uh, more heat exposure because that pavement is taking up where the trees might have been. Well, then go plant some damn trees. You've heard of the heat island effect. Sure, right? sure. Like, like it, hotter in the metro area than it is in the outskirts. Yeah, I got news for you. I don't care what race you are. 
uh, if it's 98 degrees in the Twin Cities, it's going to feel a hell of a lot cooler in Grand Marais. So there's nothing anybody can do about it. Climate has always changed. I, I don't know that we've ever attached to the changes some significant determination that that's somehow impacting learning. I, I, uh, I, uh, we are in a desperate race to, I don't know what, continue to destroy ourselves, I guess. Right. Commit suicide. Implosion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. We could go on and on talking about different social dynamics that disproportionately impact communities of color, said McTeer Tony, who is now National Field Director for Moms Clean Air Force, an advocacy group. For every single one of them, we can make a link to climate. So now we're linking behavior to the climate change, mm-hmm. forgetting that the climate has always changed and always will. It's the dumbing down of society is what this is. And the same people who say, well, they don't have uh, people uh, of uh, less means don't have air conditioning. Those are the same people that complain about air conditioning. It uses too much energy. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a good one. Well, you can't win. You just can't win. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. (laughs) Show me a neighborhood in the Twin Cities that doesn't have enough trees. I'll buy the trees. Yeah. Or that it's neglected. The inner cities, at least Minneapolis and St. Paul, downtown St. Paul, you got a beautiful bike lane. They just added a whole um, half a street dedicated to that. They're spending money. Well, plant some trees. Instead of cutting them down to increase sidewalk and bicycle use. Don't cut down the trees. If trees are so important, then let's not get rid of them. But you're dealing you're, you're dealing with a mentality here that is 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 so far gone that there's no reasoning with these people. There's no reasoning with these researchers who continue to get grant money to come up with this BS. I think that argument came up with the Southwest uh, rail line, did it not? Cutting down trees to make mm-hmm. room for the rail. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember <laughs> something about that. That was yeah, right. Some windmilling. Heat exposure explains roughly 5% of the racial achievement gap. We don't know that. No. That's an ass statistic. Prove it. Yeah, it's an ass statistic. There's an incredibly lengthy article involving this from September 2nd. Yep. And it's based around Minneapolis. Uh, It's a National Geographic article. Uh, Uh, Talking about the trees and the pavement? Yeah. Yeah. And, and boy, it's... Yeah, it's it's a little in depth. You'd have to read it. It's unfair, closely. Joe, to compl- uh, compare the heat island of Minneapolis St. Paul to Grand Marais. I, I think you'd be, be a better comparison would be Minneapolis St. Paul compared to something close by like Stillwater. You know what fine. I mean? Fine, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I buy the heat island effect. That's just part of urban living in America. But it doesn't. Okay, but that is that's science. That's that's just a what fact. Is science? That's what is a, science? a fact that yes, in the concrete uh, ju- asphalt jungle, it might be a little bit warmer. Yeah. Uh, out in the suburbs, it's going to be cooler. That's not because of any anything we've done. I just want to know who paved paradise and put up a parking lot in the poor neighborhoods. <laughs> right. oh, Joni. If there's no investment, I mean, it's a serious question. 
If there's no investment in poor neighborhoods of color, why is there pavement? What was going on there that at some point in history there was investment? What Do we just have vast acreage of abandoned parking lots? I don't understand where where the pavement comes from. Why there's more pavement. Uh, is there more pavement in North Minneapolis than there is along Minnehaha Parkway? Most likely. Well, in what sense? But there's also more pavement, like, say, uh, in other... Por- yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's a good comparison either. Jim. Okay, but that the, the, the paved parkway on both sides of the river, Mississippi River Boulevard and the uh, uh, parkway are surrounded by trees. Mm-hmm. That that pavement butts up to a, a bunch of trees. Yeah, I don't know if that, that's not... No, it doesn't work? They're just kind of rolling it out there to see what happens. <laughs> well, I'm not, I, I can drive through North Minneapolis, and I bet you I would not notice a significant lack of trees. That I would 100% agree with. Yes, absolutely. What, absolutely. what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're we're not going to be happy until we uh, allow ourselves uh, to be controlled by a government that will regard us only through the lens of restricting how we act and behave based on what that can accomplish to the benefit of the climate, which go. is which is which is preposterous. Man is not bigger than nature. Humans, human, man, human. Mm-hmm. They're at, we're smaller than nature. You, you could, you could stop the use of every bit of fossil fuel tomorrow and that is not going to change a thing in the climate. You might have a clearer day in Los Angeles or even a clearer day here, but it ain't going to stop a hurricane or a tornado or rainfall or whatever. Lightning strike? Yeah, lightning strikes. But I, I just thought, oh, my word. I read that, and I just thought, I have to comment on this. It, this cannot go unchallenged. This is just utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. That the way you behave in school uh, is affected by the heat, and that uh, heat uh, disproportionately affects students of color. I'm going to need to see a lot of proof on that. A lot of proof. And you're saying, Kenny, they didn't even take white students of marginalized right. incomes in, into account right. in the study. Right. So they're comparing poor black students to... Poor black know, students. <laughs> or to wealthy white students. Yeah. Don't well, go yeah. comparing Patrick Henry to Hopkins. Right. Or whatever. You know, pick your school of choice. South compared to the Burnsville. Compare uh, poor black students to poor white students, you probably get the same statistical outcome. Yeah. Well, of course you would. <laughs> I, remember, I Like you, I had a high school that wasn't air-conditioned. Guess what? We got Jack done when it was 90 degrees because everybody was so GD miserable. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't even dispute that, that, that it would be tough sitting in school on a 90-degree day in an unair-conditioned schoolroom. With well, presumably awful. the windows open, that could yeah. be that's a pain in the butt. Awful. But that's a pain in the butt for everybody, not just black kids. No, yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> oh man, it's just uh, it's just amazing. Oh, we need reparations is what we need, Such. <laughs> no, we don't. Throw out test scores. Throw out SATs. How is everybody today in GL? 
Well, just well, fine. Guys, you go ahead first. You, you go right yeah. ahead. John, I saw an interesting, uh, I saw an interesting film of uh, Dylan playing the guitar. Yes. I'm looking at it right now, but there's no sound. I can't listen. I haven't heard it yet, but he looks... Yeah. Making guitar faces. That's yeah. always fun to see. Yeah. I love seeing that. Guitar faces are cool. Yeah. I had to beg John to do guitar faces at the fair. Remember that? Yes. Yes. And Joe, just to answer your question, I'm doing fantastic today. Yep. Uh, my wife is celebrating her birthday, and I have a trace leche cake from Cafe Latte, oh, and I don't know what we're going to have for dinner yet. Honest to God, help me. <laughs> But what I kind of cake, what kind of cake is that? Uh, Trace Leche is uh, like three three creams, something three creams. Uh huh. And it's uh, if you have not, uh, it's probably the best cake you'll ever have in yeah. your life. Well, I'm looking so forward. Other to than it. the Willette strawberry souffle. Did you go down to the girls' underwear pants store today and <laughs> pick her out a couple of pairs? Did you get a new outfit? Uh, I or got did you her. Just buy those for yourself because by the time she will have um, listened to this, I bought her uh, some. Cocktail glasses that are in the shape of a bird for a foo foo drink. I got her a pair of leggings. Will you foghorn yourself? I got please? her a black turtleneck. <laughs> Hit the foghorn, please. Well, Double Duluth foghorn. Right, well, let me find out where he's got. Oh, here we go. Come on. And then, uh, okay, how about this? My mom is a calligrapher. So I had her calligraph the uh, chorus from You're in My Heart, You're in My Soul, You'd Be My Breath Should I Grow Old. Jesus, and uh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be you hitting the high one tonight. I, uh, foghorn again. I did too. I did too. Uh, written by R. Stewart. I take possession of it today. She's going to be eating peanuts right out of my hand, guys. This is just do you. Uh, do you live in Garage Logic, or are you over? Yeah. Did you move over to Liberal Lakes no. or Euphoria? No, I'm the I'm the you, I'm the soft side of Garage Logic. Boy, I'm on the uh, you're the, the soft, mushy side. This yes. is how brilliant your wife is, Matthew, because you think she's going to be eating out of your hands all yeah. the while your set is up there on the shelf, <laughs> and you're eating out of her hands. Oh, I coughed him out a long time ago. Yeah, I, this is one day out of the year that she's eating out of my hand. The rest of the year, it's it's the opposite. I, I uh, Joe's speechless. I, I am. I, uh, <laughs> Joe, why don't you come on over and see how it works? <laughs> Maybe I can come over and have a drink in one of those little bird glasses. You, you know what? A uh, nice little cosmopolitan or yeah. maybe a, uh, a uh, jalapeno margarita. Uh, if you were a real man, you would have bought her a set of floor mats for her car. <laughs> do, I, do, do I know anybody that's done that? WeatherTech. <laughs> they should advertise with us the money I've spent with them. I think so. They should. I, you know, I'm going to make a call. Yeah. I leave them in the box, put a big ribbon around it. There you go, buddy. <laughs> what more do you want, honey? What the hell do you want? Call your right. wife, buddy. Yeah, buddy, here's a... That's when I forget her name. Hey, buddy, here's hey. some uh, <laughs> WeatherTech formats. I got you, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got some in the mail. Some Joe Biden has landed in hot water over a viral clip of him suggesting why people were able to quarantine during the coronavirus pandemic. It's a Fox News story that I dispute. Here's why. He's in hot water only, uh, well, you'll get to the point here in a moment, but he's in hot water for one one reason only. What would that be? Uh, he's in the hot water for taking a mask off or... No, no, no. Social media reaction. Oh, oh. It's, it's not news. They're saying, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf, Byron is heard saying in the clip. The 10-second clip 
which was originally shared on September 29, was just a snippet of comments the Democratic nominee made during a September 15th roundtable with veterans in Tampa, Florida. In the expanded remarks that puts his remark in context, Biden had expressed a positive tone in dealing with the problems the country faces, particularly the ones that stem from the coronavirus outbreak. He said he's more optimistic than he's ever been in his whole career. And they say, well, why in the hell would you say that, Biden? You just talked about all these difficulties. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the American public, the blinders have been taken off, Biden told the roundtable attendees. They've all of a sudden seen a hell of a lot clearer. They're saying, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Or a young Hispanic is out there. These dreamers are out there. 60,000 of them acting as first responders and nurses in docks. Or all of a sudden people are realizing, my Lord, these people have done so much. Not just black, white across the board have done so much for me. We can do this. We can get things done. And I think they're ready. Okay, then that that conservative groups get a hold of the black woman in the grocery store remark, and they're trying to make something of it. I think more to the point is that that comment doesn't make sense. Right. I, I, I'm not terribly alarmed that he's, uh, although we should be grateful, Biden is the least woke person in America, <laughs> followed by Trump. They're the yeah. two. That's the only thing we got going for us. These are the least woke people in the history of the world. But Biden, you didn't. What do you mean you got to stay home because some gal was stocking the grocery shelves? You still had to go to the grocery right. store. Right. You have to go obtain the items. So the comment doesn't make sense, uh, but it's being jumped on as an example of racism. That word having no longer having any meaning whatsoever. Uh, and that just sounds like something Biden would say. He's had a history of clumsiness with uh, talking about black people. Uh, you, if, you, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, that type of thing. <laughs> That's right, right. You know, and uh, back when uh, he was featuring Obama as a prospective candidate, you know, we got us a good one here. He's articulate and blah, blah, blah. And he's always right. let off the hook. He's always right. let off the hook. Uh, I'm not sure I would have ever let him off the hook for those Biden remarks. They were right out of the Jim Crow dictionary. You mean but Obama remarks? The remarks he made about Obama. Right, I would right. not let him off the hook for that. Yeah, but this yeah. this this idea of we we were allowed to stand. I think he's just trying to pay tribute to the people who've gone to work every day. And and uh, what a way to do it. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense because Joe, you still had to go to the grocery store. So uh, whatever. Well, now I, anyway. now imagine. I will go. I will say this. Can you imagine the reaction if Trump had said that? <laughs> oh my. That would have been a that would yeah. have been a brush fire. That would no, that would have been a wildfire. If Trump came out and said the only reason we're off good off here is because uh, black women are stocking the grocery shelves, uh, I think he would have been uh, pilloried beyond beyond doubt. But it's uh, it's all Joe, and he's going to get away with it. And I don't think news should be driven by social media uh, rebukes uh, from anonymous people. Who are not shaping opinion? They're not. They're not helping at all. Right. And so, uh, uh, I'm. I'm willing to be able to look at that story and say, you know what? I'm going to make a judgment call here. I don't think he was demeaning black women. If Trump had made the remark, it would have been considered to be demeaning of black women. And yeah, I don't know what to. I don't know what to do about that. I just don't know what to do about that. We have to. Uh, we have to address the uh, Project Veritas situation. 
Uh, we've, we've emailed Tom Lydon, the Fox 9 reporter. I do have who, a response from him, Joe. Yep, yep. Uh, he says, thank you for the opportunity. Unfortunately, I'm booked up this afternoon, and he's taking the rest of the week off for vacation, so he's not going to be around. All right. Uh, why don't we take a time out, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go into that uh, Chinatown episode. He doesn't think the climate is racist. It's Joe Suchere. <laughs> we'll get to him in a second, but to quote Chris Miller, the owner of Aim High Construction, MN.com, the GLers have come out of the woodwork and have queued up for home improvement projects with Aim High. Everything from roofs to basements, decks, kitchens, baths. Uh, Chris and his crew of master builders, they're going to be able to do any job for you. The work they did around my place is absolutely amazing. The kitchen, the deck, sidewalk, that brand new, beautiful AC unit out back, and then all of the little, the little additional jobs that I added on that they really had no idea they were going to have to do those jobs. All of it was done using the finest quality materials available, and everything came in on budget and on time. And from the sounds of it, UGLers, you've filled out his calendar. He's busier than Spencer Grundhofer right now. I know, I know, that's busy. But that's how busy he is right now. Sign up with the very best, get put on the list, and get ready to be happy. The name is Chris Miller, the company Aim High Construction, and the website that leads to home improvement happiness, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Laban Osman is still trying to figure out how he became a symbol of voter fraud in America. It's insane, said the brother of newly elected Ward 6 Minneapolis City Councilman Jamal Osman. In his first interview, Laban Osman told Fox 9 investigators he was offered $10,000 by community activist Omar Jamal to say he was collecting ballots for Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Laban Osman is featured prominently in a video released last week by the conservative media operation Project Veritas claiming there is a massive voter fraud in Minnesota orchestrated by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Uh, he, uh, in his first interview, Laban Osman told Fox 9 investigators he was offered ten grand by Omar Jamal to say he was collecting ballots for Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. He was setting me up, said Laban Osman. It is clear from the raw video obtained by Fox 9 that Laban Osman was working for his brother's campaign. Laban Osman admits the Project Veritas video footage looks incriminating, but he said the group deliberately left the full context on the cutting room floor. Project Veritas used two separate videos he posted on Snapchat while driving in his car to make it appear as if he was illegally picking up ballots and offering money for votes. In the video from July, Laban Osman said he was collecting mail-in ballots from sick and elderly voters who had requested them through the campaign. Laban Osman denies that he filled out the ballots or altered them in any way. He said what appears to be open ballots laying on the dash of his car are actually the envelopes the ballots came in. He said voters concerned about identity theft asked him to shred the envelopes. Despite his boast that he had 300 ballots in the car, he said the actual number was closer to 20. Well, there's a lot of shady information here, uh, and Laban Osman is just as likely to receive a we-don't-know-that as Omar Jamal. Uh, it's a complicated 
Uh, it's a complicated mess. Uh, we are to believe now that it was a setup, that Project Veritas didn't have a thing, and that they orchestrated it. Because of various court decisions, so-called ballot harvesting, collecting more than the statutory limit of three ballots, was permitted during a five-week period this summer from July 28 to September 4. An attorney for Project Veritas claims Laban Osman's snapshot video collecting mail-in ballots was recorded in early July, making it illegal at the time to harvest more than three ballots. Laban Osman could not recall the exact date he recorded the video, but he said he believed it was in late July. That video from July is edited with another video from August when Laban Osman is heard boasting about money and politics. Money is everything. It's the key to this world, he said. The unedited video reveals the comments were clearly directed at his brother's 11 opponents in the Ward 6 special election, many of whom were operating shoestring campaigns. Laban Osman said he was approached by community activist Omar Jamal, who was a so-called insider for Project Veritas and appears to be their primary source. Omar Jamal, who we had not met previously, told him Project Veritas would pay him $10,000 to say he was harvesting ballots for Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Why don't you give that a we don't know that? Uh, we can do that. I will pause till you do that. Uh, we don't know that. He said, meaning Omar Jamal, why are you defending Ilhan Omar, Laban recounts. They, Project Veritas, are not after you or your brother. Why are you defending her? I told him it was insane and walked away, Osmond said. Project Veritas denies manipulating or misrepresenting its undercover video and claims it never offered Laban Osmond $10,000. These are wild and crazy and baseless accusations, said Jared Eady, chief legal officer for Project Veritas. This, to me, is a man who is drowning in the consequences of his own actions, who is trying to grasp at every possible straw to keep himself from going under, Edie said. In a second report from Project Veritas, syrup, surreptitiously recorded video shows a man receiving 200 bucks in pocket money in exchange for his agreement to vote for Ilhan Omar. James O'Keefe, the founder of Project Veritas, calls it an explosive piece of tape. But two sources told Fox 9 investigators the man is a relative of Omar Jamal and that during the encounter outside Cedar Riverside Apartments, it is Jamal who is handing the man 200 bucks, which was intended for the family of a sick relative in Somalia. I, 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 uh, can, can anyone follow this? All no, over the map. It's complicated. It's, uh, yeah. Money and politics, though, that I, that I understand. I just don't know who's doing what. We, we had Omar Jamal on. And he, he said his piece, and uh, I had prior to that said uh, Project Veritas, uh, in wishing for me to believe this was news, did not provide me enough clarity, uh, and still haven't. And the last I heard, the police were investigating the allegations of the illegal ballot harvesting, but I don't believe anything has come from that. So I don't know what to believe. I believe that uh, the inner workings of the Somali community might be uh, beyond our comprehension at this point because we're not inside that community. And I I don't know what's taking place. And uh, I don't feel bad that we had Omar Jamal on because right now everyone involved in this story gets a we don't know that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who's uh, telling the truth and who isn't. 
But we could bring Omar back on, but then you just have to give him the continuing we don't know that. So I don't know where we are. Uh, Omar Jamal. Huh? If I remember right, you didn't really buy into it, did you? I mean, you just kind of listened to and and kind of um, interviewed him, did you not? Yeah, yeah. I've spoken with him in the past, and... He, as I say, he's he's been a go-to guy because he'll always answer his phone. But he was pushing hard uh, this GoFundMe situation he was trying to create. Remember that? That's right. Yeah. And and it turns out that uh, that might have been for nefarious purposes. We don't know. We don't know. I thought it was to defend himself, but he said no. It was to uh, start a new group. Well, it's coming back to me now. He wanted to start a new watchdog group uh, on behalf of. Uh, the Somali community, and it was his contention that the Somalis are being taken advantage of by the likes of Ilhan Omar and and her and her people. Uh, again, that's a we don't know that. Uh, for his part, Omar Jamal has used his appearance in the Project Veritas reports to raise nearly thirty thousand dollars. In an interview with Somali American TV, he reportedly backtracked on claims he witnessed cash being exchanged for ballots. He denied an interview request. Uh, so uh, there you have it. Uh, something's going on in the 5th Congressional District, and I wish the uh, conventional news-gathering organizations, well, I guess Fox 9 is making an attempt here, but I, I wish the Star Tribune, for example, would pull about three reporters off whatever they're doing and say, get to the bottom of this. Yeah, everything about that district and that race and her and uh, is just shifty. But we noticed, we noticed when we discussed this, you know, I said I'm, I'm perfectly capable of understanding Ilhan Omar is uh, c- uh, capable of being culpable. I'm using too many C words. Uh, but but we said, we clarified, we said, but we don't know that. We don't know that. And, 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 and clarity. Uh, we don't know that. And clarity and evidence was absent in this, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like those gotcha videos. I don't like them. They, they leave too many unanswered questions. They're always, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's bad. They're always kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. But when you they say. They have the potential of being what uh, we're calling these days deep fakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you Attitude say, I know there's purpose. something going on. I think of Frida. What's Frida? It was a song. Her name was Frida. <laughs> I Abba? know there's something going oh, on. God. A lot of drum work. Mm-hmm. Yikes. He also said he was getting death threats, too. Remember that? Yep. But we don't know that. <laughs> Here we go. Let's... Uh, we don't know that. <clears throat> we don't know that. Uh, Lacey Johnson. Come on, Lacey. You have our best wishes. Yep. Come on, Lacey. You have the best wishes of every GLer in, in the area. Uh, all of whom. Every GLer in the 5th Congressional District, I am confident in saying, would vote for Lacey Johnson. Yeah. The problem is, how many GLers are there in the 5th yeah. Congressional District? Well, there's me and the bride and the kid. And, yep. Uh, there's three. You got three, Lacey. That's about it. Lacey, you're going to pull three for sure out of there. One of those stories I desperately wanted to be true. Me too. But but Project Veritas, you know, they got a back story that isn't great. So I was worried about that. So, you know. Um, Evidence what? and clarity were missing. 
Why and, would they you, risk you that? You said that the first day, Joe. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. you said there's not enough here to really do it. And a lot of the reporters that covered it did the same thing. Hauser did the same thing on Channel 5, covered it, said, you know, there wasn't. Well, you know, the sin we're all guilty of then. The mm-hmm. sin we're all guilty of is wanting that to be true. Right. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. I did right away. I'm like, see? See? And the difference, maybe, between GL and other news-gathering organizations is we, we were willing to put the brakes on a little bit. Even though we wanted it to be true, we weren't seeing enough evidence or clarity that it could be true. But why would Project Veritas put their credibility at risk by making a video or a story like this, knowing full well the Democrats are going to check out the facts, especially if it's not true? I'm not sure Project Veritas has ever had full credibility. Yeah, they've done it several times in the past where it was proven that they manipulated tape, they put things, you know, in the wrong order, added stuff that wasn't actually part of the story. They did a nice acorn bust years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, But don't come into town with a secret camera. Uh, If if, if you're going to replace the Star Tribune, James O'Keefe, do some straightforward reporting. Provide evidence and clarity, and we got a story. But these these grainy cell phone videos of a guy driving around in his car, it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. I don't think Lacey even commented on this, did he? I, I don't remember hearing any quotes from him. No, because, you mean, oh, well, not to us he didn't, because we had Lacey on before this story ever developed. Right, but uh, when this played out, I don't remember him saying anything well who in the media is rushing to lacey johnson for comment no one (laughs) oh that wouldn't he and kendall qualls are fighting lonely battles yeah Hmm. yeah you're right they don't right i get your point two self-made black men with conservative thinking just what we need and uh they're fighting they're fighting a lonely battle i'm not going to say a losing battle yet i think uh i think kendall qualls has a great chance if people open their eyes, and if people open their eyes, Lacey, Lacey Johnson would be a shoe-in. If people open their eyes, I don't know why Ilhan has such a grip on that uh, congressional district, but she's got an iron-clad grip on it. Being brand new, she has an iron-clad grip on it. It's not like no, she's been there for years. No, we know why. She, she, she doesn't get anything done. It's what she represents. She's a mm-hmm. female minority and an immigrant. She uh, represents the politics of identity. Right, exactly. Which exactly. trumps the politics of actually doing something for your constituents. Right, She and she, of which she's done absolutely nothing and doesn't deserve any votes. No. But she'll win it because of identity politics. That's right. And it's a harmful, harmful trend, but we're seeing it everywhere. <clears throat> identity politics is trumping public service. That's what it's trumping. It's trumping public service. Say there's a year-end sale now on all scooters and electric bikes at EcoFun Motorsports. Come on. Uh, EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in Forest Lake. Lowest prices and best selection is now. And the sooner you come in, the more options you'll have. They've got the new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli e-bikes ready to go. That means it's easy on and off for anyone. And forget the hills. Just push the thumb throttle and get going. Fat tire Bintelli bikes are great for hunters and off-road riders all year long. They can even add studded tires for those who love riding on lakes all winter long. 
They could put studded tires yeah, on your Bentelli e-bike. That would be so much fun. Yeah. All remaining wild side, old school looking electric bikes are on year end sale. $14.99. And all Yamaha electric bikes on year end sale for the lowest prices of the year. New 2021 Yamaha snowmobiles and ATVs are now here and ready to take home. And, uh, a huge thanks. Uh, Tim Blue wants to give a huge thanks to everyone who came up last month and helped us raise thousands of dollars for hope on the river. It's the time to get to EcoFund now. We're not done with fall yet. We're not done with riding. EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. He reminds you to wait 48 hours to get all the facts. It's Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. I, I would like to add one addendum there. Kenny asked about Lacey Johnson uh, yeah. and his uh, his response to the original story apparently was uh, both on Twitter and to several news organizations. He said that uh, he called for the resignation of Ilhan Omar after that original story came out. So that, uh, that and now he says, if it were up to me, Lacey would call for her resignation every day up until very the various reasons, just right? for general purposes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tough to argue with. <laughs> Weather alert in effect for parts of Minnesota. By the way, uh, this update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Uh, that weather alert, the reason, dry conditions and gusty wi- uh, winds, uh, increasing the risk of fires being able to ignite and spread quickly. The alert does include several Twin Cities counties, including Hennepin and Carver counties. On Monday, Fairview Health Services announced it's making significant changes system-wide due to losses sustained this year. According to a statement from Fairview President and CEO James Herford, the health care system saw losses of $163 bucks in the first six months of 2020. Wow. Herford said the losses were primarily the result of the unprecedented health threat of COVID-19. The virus, in his words, further exposed the profound challenges we face and unsustainable economics of health care today. As a result, about 900 positions system-wide will be eliminated by the end of the year. Two hospitals will undergo significant changes and 14 primary care clinics in Minnesota, as well as two in Wisconsin, will be consolidated into other locations by the beginning of December. Erford said while the decisions are among the hardest an organization must make, he said they're critical to their system's future. Uh, if you'd like to see the moves they'll be making, what clinics are closing, there's a good breakdown on our uh, TV Buddies website, kstp.com. Let me see if I have this straight, John. Uh, mm-hmm. in, order to, in order to prepare for the pandemic, uh, hospitals were put on high alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then no one came to the hospital because elective mm-hmm. stuff was put off the table. So now the hospitals have gone under as a result of not enough people visiting them. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's a hell of a way to run a state. Isn't that irony, though? Couldn't Is corrections this- have been made midstream? Couldn't corrections have been made uh, back in uh, June, for example, and saying, you know what, it's not really working out. We're not, we're not experiencing the case overload we thought we would. Our projections uh, were a little off. So let's let's ease up on these hospitals. Instead, well, they're I going under. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has been saying that all along, uh, yeah. but yet he continues to do what he's doing, which has killed small business and large businesses in this state. 
President Trump staging a return to the White House after leaving the military hospital where he was receiving uh, a level of care for COVID-19. Is that Wilfred he... Brimley Hospital? Is that what it was? Oh, Willis Reed. Willis Reed, that's right. Yeah. Willis Reed. J.L. Coven had that uh, yesterday, Johnny. He was he called it Wilfred Brimley Hospital and then Willis Reed. Willis Reed. He immediately ignited a new controversy by declaring that despite his illness, the nation should not fear the virus. And then he entered the White House not wearing a protective mask. Trump's message alarmed infectious disease experts, suggested the president's own illness had not caused him to rethink his attitude toward the disease. The president entered the White House where aides were visible milling about the Blue Room without wearing his face covering. He left Walter Reed National Military Medical Center where his doctor, Navy Commander Sean Conley, said earlier Monday the president remains contagious, would not be fully out of the woods for another week but that the president had met or exceeded standards to be discharged from the hospital. He's expected to continue his recovery at the White House. His arrival back at the White House did raise some new questions about how the administration was going to protect other officials uh, from the coronavirus. Press Secretary Kayleigh McNanny announced she had tested positive for the virus Monday morning, now one of about 14 people at the White House who have tested positive. Uh, Dr. Connolly repeatedly declined to share results of medical scans of Trump's lungs, saying he was not at liberty to talk about that information because the president wouldn't waive his doctor-patient confidentiality. COVID-19 has been known to cause significant damage to the lungs. The doctor also declined to share the date of Trump's most recent negative test for the virus. That's a critical point for contact tracing and understanding where the president was in the course of his recovery from COVID-19. Such, are you up in arms about uh, Trump going back to work, going into the White House, exposing all these people, not wearing a mask in the White House? Are you all bent out of shape like I'm sure your CP is? I'm not bent out of shape, but I think that uh, I'll tell you something interesting. I read a I read a uh, uh, there's a White House reporter named Ben Tracy for CBS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know Ben. I know his family. Known him all my life. Uh, Square shooter. And he said, I felt safer in North Korea as he covered North Korea. He's really been one of their go-to guys. Young guy from St. Paul, Ben Tracy. He said, I felt safer in North Korea than I do at the White House. And, of course, he was immediately leaped on uh, and ridiculed. Uh, but he then he had to restate his context. I meant, of course, people, COVID-19. He wasn't cheering on North Korea. But there is a, a feeling of the people around the White House, that they are in danger of contracting the disease. Apparently mm. it's pretty much a ghost town there right now. Mm -hmm. Nobody's uh, Nobody wants to be there. Right. Oh, I, I think as well it should be. I know you still got to run the country, <laughs> but you, you do have to take those precautions. It's, you know, he ripped off the mask uh, last night. That's fine. He was standing alone on the thing, but then he had people around him. You know, so that's why... That's the part where he just goes one half step too far. Mm -hmm. How come everybody's ignoring the uh, fact that the medical team treating him said uh, he's breathing without difficulty and has normal vital signs? Why, why is that going unsaid? Because it's not a story. They want to manufacture. They want to make him seem like he's sick. It's frustrating because if he's fine, he's fine. Let's leave well enough alone. We don't need to jump down his HIPAA reports. And when the president tries to encourage Americans to stay strong and, um, you know, how he kind of cheerleads for us and uh, tries to downplay things. And it's obviously he's just trying to tell America that, 
you know, we're going to get through this. Stay strong. We can do this. And every time he does that, he's jumped on by the left and everybody in the mainstream media. Well, the, I only think, the only thing I know, the only thing I know for certain is based on all we've learned about this uh, illness since March is that we have no earthly idea right now what condition he's in mm-hmm. because it can manifest itself uh, and linger and take a turn for the worse, turn for the better, turn for the worse. That's, that's what I think is most interesting. We have no idea, uh, uh, if he's, if he's going to, uh, be perfectly healthy again. What were the you going to say, John? Disease works, uh, from what I've read is he has another five days and he literally could, you know, get deathly ill in those five days. Where it's kind of inside and sure. it's, uh, right. I got you. Yeah, what I w- was going to say though was, I'd feel better if he cheerleaded Kenny if last night he hadn't turned around and walked in among all those people with no mask on. He's still contagious. There's no argument about that. Even his doctors say he's still contagious. I'm with you, Johnny. He should overdo it right now. He should overdo it with the mask. Yeah, yeah. What surprised me about that footage you're referring to is you could see people inside where he was walking into without, they were also not wearing masks. Uh I think they feel some pressure not to. Uh You think so? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's all about optics. That sounds like North Korea again. <laughs> he wants he wants to present he wants to present a vision of strength. And but we're sitting here talking like masks are the be all end all and the only thing that prevents us all from getting COVID when we know damn well it's it's not. Well, well right. then let's stop wearing masks. Okay, everybody, let's just stop wearing. Them. Well, I'm wearing uh, mine. You, I'm, think, I'm in the outskirts. Idea? I'm in the outskirts, John, and uh, uh, that's what I see. Ninety to one. Really? Thanks, Mrs. Yeah. Reavers. Yeah. I don't see that. Anyway, uh, in a related item, sort of, the White House has decided not to trace the contacts of guests and staff members at that Rose Garden celebration uh, ten days ago of Judge Amy Coney Barrett, where at least eight people, including the president, may have become infected. Instead, it's limited its efforts to notifying people who came in close contact with Trump in the two days before his COVID diagnosis. It also cuts the uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which has the government's most extensive knowledge and resources for contact tracing, out of the process. Any of the closely packed guests and staff members at the Rose Garden ceremony could have gone on to transmit the virus to others. So the White House decisions not to investigate, according to the experts, uh, has potentially devastating consequences for other people. Can, John, if I may just interject this. Yes. Uh, you had the story about the Supreme Court or the nomin- or potential nominee. Yeah. Don't we – look at how short our attention span is. We've forgotten all about her. You know, she was on uh, – you know, it was, it was RBG, um, you know, sending off RBG with uh, high honors, which was she deserved it. Uh, and then it was on to are we going to get this done and now uh, we have uh, the attention span of about a two-year-old. Well, the president theatrically being flown to a hospital is pretty dominating the news. Agreed. I, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying it, it's funny how it's like these little slots of news bits just keep – they keep getting pushed back like a domino. Uh, there are conspiracy theories all over the Internet that perhaps that's what all this is about to get rid of all the other stories for a while so nobody thinks or talks about them. You know. Wow, that's, that is deep. Do, do with that what you will. President, maybe you could get some COVID or fake some COVID, <laughs> and then we'll be, just maybe slip her under the radar, vote her in, and we'll be good to go. We got it. Uh, the, those people that believe that, I have a question for you. 
What do you want to know? Are you? What do you want to know? How, how <laughs> incredibly, outrageously stupid are you? We got There's a no big stupidity problem, huh? We got a big stupidity yeah. problem. <laughs> There's no way that could get pulled off ever. No. Uh, Joe B- uh, Biden, meanwhile, having the campaign trail pretty much to himself at this point, made his second trip to Florida in a little over two weeks on Monday. His visit designed to encroach on some of President Trump's turf, even swinging through Little Havana, typically conservative area known for its staunch opposition to the communist government that Fidel Castro installed in Cuba. He's following up with a trip later this week to Arizona. Arizona has not backed a Democratic presidential candidate since 1996. Uh, One other COVID-related note, Vikings fans will have to continue waiting to attend a game in person. They announced this morning, Tuesday, that the uh, October 18th game against the Atlanta Falcons will have uh, no fans once again. They had earlier announced the first two home games wouldn't. Uh, They were hoping they could expand and let a few people in, but they will not be doing that for sure on the 18th. Patrick made... Oh, go ahead, Kenny. I, I don't watch at all. Uh, are they piping in crowd noise for the NFL, too? Yes. Patrick yesterday referred to Johnny Height, the uh, the Packer-Viking game that will be at Lambeau Field. Yeah. A- and he has a uh, he has a really good point. Uh, Vikings fans are going, to, are going to protest if they allow the Packers to have even five people in the stands <laughs> because we were banned and i i can completely see that happening because it uh-huh. might we might be getting back to some normals when are they playing december yeah sure whenever they play next but uh even if they let five people I, the viking fans are going to go <laughs> schizo as California continues to burn, Governor Newsom has tweeted don't forget to put your mask on between bites if you're in a restaurant uh, probably not going to happen for me. Okay. How can he? How does he get elected? Wow! Yep. We have wow. a stupidity problem. Oh my God! Going out with to eat with members of your household this weekend? Don't forget to keep your mask on in between bites. Do your part to keep those around you healthy. Okay. Okay, hey, there's cowboy. Oh boy, Scotter Tiger. Is he the worst governor that this country has ever seen? It sure uh, seems like it. Yeah, uh, him and Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. Well, we we do have some in the South in the 60s that may have been a little bit worse. Right, right. (laughs) You realize the state has a fire warning right now? Southwestern Minnesota is in a high alert. Go ahead, John. Go ahead. You say it this time. That was my lead story, Joe. Do you listen to your own show? (laughs) Oh, today you had that? Yeah, that was my lead story. (laughs) I think I have my next liner. He listens to his own show. (laughs) Unless somebody else is talking. Oh, man, alive. I got you. Yeah. Uh, two classic cars stolen in a burglary over the weekend in St. Paul. The second time one of them has been stolen in just over a week. St. Paul police said a beige 1965 Chevrolet Impala and a black 2001 Pontiac Firebird were taken after a break-in at a business property near South Homer Street and Benson Avenue. That Pontiac was one of six classic cars that had also been stolen on September 27th. All six of those were later returned to their owner last week. Uh, police say they are investigating this latest burglary. So, wait a minute. So he has a 67 Impala and a 65 Impala? Well, he's got a 65 GTO. Because I'd be embarrassed Impala- to say I'd be embarrassed to say I was robbed again. I, what what are they doing down there? John, get some security for God's sake. Right. Yeah. The Impala yeah. that was stole a, a week or two ago was a 67 and now John just said um a 65, 65 was ripped yeah. off. That's what the uh, story has. 
Well, I thought he GTO only had a 65 been, GTO. And then the 65 GTO has been ripped off twice. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that's Firebird's uh, uh, been taken twice. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Firebird. I, I wouldn't Firebird. admit this. If I, oh. I'd be too embarrassed to say, geez, they did it again. This has got some long-time backstory about going on here we don't know anything about. Is that the same address, Joe? Yeah. South Homer Street and Benson yeah. Avenue? Highland yeah, Collision. Place. Yeah, it's Highland. Oh. It used to be Highland Auto Body. Now it's Highland Auto Star, I think. Mm-hmm. I just I've known the family the for years. I want to get to the bottom of this 65 versus 67 because there's a huge, huge difference if yeah. you're an Impala <laughs> nerd like I am. What's your read on that? What's everybody's read? Inside job? Uh, well, I, I think there's a long no. backstory. Uh, a feud of some sort. Uh, something's uh, going on. Yeah. Something's going on. Okay. You just don't keep coming back to the same place and try to get the cars again. Right. Yeah. You've lost me for the rest of the show. I'm now going to be looking at <laughs> Impala images on Google for the remainder of the program. Uh, we will have a rare blue moon at the end of this month on Halloween. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Two, two full moons in October. We already had one. You probably saw it the last few nights. It was, it was I gorgeous. did. Fantastic. That was the harvest moon, the full moon closest to the autumnal equinox when day and night are of equal length. Uh, normally that occurs in September, but edged into October this first week this year. Also known as the full corn moon or barley moon in some parts of America. Farmers have traditionally made the most of its light to gather crops well into the night before winter sets in. This year, the harvest moon was also the hunter's moon, named for rural practices, this time of hunting summer fattened animals under the light of the moon, which is brighter and lasts longer. The second full moon in any given month is known as the blue moon. There are seven blue moons every 19 years. It's because the moon completes 12 full cycles of its phase in 354 days, 11 short of the full solar calendar of 365 days. Now, this year's is unusual as it's the first full moon to occur across all time zones since 1944. Although there is a full moon on Halloween somewhere in the world every 19 years, meaning the next one will be in 2039, followed by 2058 and 2077. It was the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic when a group of dancers from the East Hollywood hipster strip club Jumbo's Clown Room realized no one was coming to help Love them. that place. <laughs> Jumbo's <laughs> Clown Room. Yeah, love it. After the club closed in March, they were waiting on a call, the dancers, for someone to, quote, swoop in and take the reins and tell us what to do. That comes from Reagan, the dancer, also known as Megan Ripley. We realized we were going to have to be those people. In early May, one of Jumbo's dancers named Gabrielle reached out to a few of her co-workers and created a virtual strip show. Within 24 hours, they launched Cyber Clown Girls, which has now become a twice-weekly, three-hour show featuring current dancers and alumni from Jumbo's and other performers from the exotic dance communities. Co-funded by Gabrielle, Reagan, Coco Ono, and Kitty the Stripperina, the show has given the strippers a new sense of agency and empowerment, they say. Said, we've heard all the horror stories of pay cuts from being unfair, favoritism, having to do certain favors. All these things were no longer things we have to deal with, which is pretty great. The co-founders take turns hosting and performing at the shows. They uh, follow themes. Uh, for instance, there was a Star Wars theme, a Midsummer oh. Night's Dream theme, and a disco and funk Princess theme. Leia, you are naughty. 
Mm. It features a different lineup of dancers who perform two short pieces in their homes. Some dancers use portable poles. Others make creative use of rooms in the house, cars, windowsills, and apartment corners transferred into a makeshift set. I looked it the up on the. Is, I, I looked yeah. it up on the internet just to see what the reviews right. were. Nice right. place to uh, have a drink, hear good music, and be inspired to work out. Talented and beautiful dancers, good tunes, and reasonably priced drinks. <laughs> All favorable. I Do found work? them on Twitter, and they have 110 followers. So, uh, <laughs> workers say it's been good for their pocketbooks and their mental health. The show's also provided an outlet, they said, to be vocal about social justice. Over four months and 40 shows, the Cyber Clown Girls have donated more than $12,000 to organizations, including the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, the Sierra Club, and Planned Parenthood. The group would not divulge how much they receive in tips, but admission to each show is 5 to $20. They get that money plus the tips. I'd rather read. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Miss COVID. <laughs> In Great Britain, working for the Loyal family can have its perks. One of them, cheap booze. According Ooh. to royal author Brian Kozlowski what? in his new book, Long Live the Queen, 13 Rules for Living from Britain's Longest Reigning Monarch, members of the royal uh, staff have access to a subsidized staff bar at the palace with dirt, cheap gin and tonics and other uh, daily drinks up for grabs. By decree of the boss lady at the top, kipping, uh, kicking back with a well-deserved tipple is a human right, according to Kozlowski. If cheap liquor at work seems like a recipe for trouble, it can be. There have apparently been loyal staffers who have overdone it, even on the clock. Luckily for them, the queen apparently is super chill about the whole thing. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. Kozlowski said the queen is said okay. to turn a relaxed eye away from members. In fact, he noted one incident... Elizabeth supposedly found a drunk servant sprawled at the bottom of a staircase. Uh, she, merely requested, say, <laughs> she merely requested to anyone with an earshot, would someone please come and pick Frank up? I think he's a little under the weather. <laughs> well, she used to sit around every night and get hammered with her mother. Yeah, she's probably plowed herself. The queen's <laughs> mom was a was a just a hound. She was a professional. Yeah. So they'd know how to hold their liquor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of booze, the glass fire in California, the destructive fire that's been going on, mm -hmm. uh, apparently it's destroyed now or uh, severely damaged 17 different wineries, oh, wow. including Spring Mountain, the small elevated western avia that had evaded wildfires up until this uh, season. Late last year, the flames jumped, or late last week, I'm sorry, the flames jumped across the valley floor regions, reached into the western hillsides. Despite evacuation orders, some of Spring Mountain's multi-generation family vintners were forced to stay behind and battle the flame, threatening boutique wineries. Winemaker Andy Schweiger and his dad, Fred, both former firefighters, spent 32 hours working alongside a Cal Fire team trying to save the property that's been in the family since the 1960s. Fred had planted the vines himself and designed and built the structures on the property. Andy slept in the family's fire engine cab and eventually watched as the flames consumed in oh. an unoccupied house at their vineyards. It's the home that my dad and grandfather built together, and then my grandfather retired and passed away in. There are several of the uh, wineries that had thousands of bottles that were destroyed in these oh. fires. Yeah, I wrong. would imagine that will drive up the price of California wine. Oh, for I would sure. Think so. yeah. uh, there was actually film of one uh, and uh, thousands of bottles of their Cabernet, which apparently is quite popular. John, 
gone. Uh, you said how many bottles? Thousands of bottles? Thousands, yeah. But the the wine in the boxes, that's still okay, right? <laughs> yeah, you can still <laughs> no, get that at the gas no, station. Because no, no. I'm pretty sure my uh, roommates are worried about that. <laughs> She accidentally le- she accidentally left her box of wine up here when she went home. <laughs> I've been sampling stuff. it nightly. <laughs> a man who refused to wear a face mask on a Utah-bound flight escorted off the plane in Arizona after he and another man got into a physical altercation. Great. Riley Lansford of Lehigh, Utah, boarded the Allegiant flight in Mesa, Arizona on Saturday was sitting near both those passengers. As soon as the two men started fighting on the Provo-bound flight, Lansford said she ran to the front of the plane and started recording video. Lansford said the uh, fight began when the man sitting behind her started arguing with the flight attendant after she asked him to wear a mask. He was wearing a face shield, but face shields have to be worn in addition to a face covering, according to Allegiance policy. Another passenger sitting in the row and turned around and started yelling at the man to put a mask on and began shouting obscenities and other threats. At that point, the first man told him to mind his own business. A gate supervisor came to remove the man wearing a face shield, who then elbowed the man in front of him and said he was the reason he had to leave the plane. The video shows the man in front choking the passenger who refused wow. to wear a mask, oh. pulling his hair, and hitting him in the back. Jeez. Luckily, there was an off-duty police officer uh, on the flight. He stopped the fight, escorted the man who wouldn't wear a mask off the flight. The second man was allowed to stay in the plane. Uh, the first man is facing charges, and uh, he's uh, going to be in court in the next two Does, weeks. Doesn't it kind of sound like the off-duty officer didn't, didn't want to get involved? Right. He's, he like, he's, like, he's, he's got his arms crossed. Quietly. He's just like, looking around like little Ralphie when Flick. <laughs> yeah, I just want one drama-free day. Just give me one drama-free day. <laughs> trying to take a flight. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll arrest the SOB. <laughs> and this is his wife going, get up there. You're a cop. Come on, get up there. <laughs> Say, uh, James writes, I think your pushback meter is on the fritz. You mentioned how the limestone cave doesn't really affect you. That's how they get you, Joe, a little bit at a time. I certainly don't believe that a new plaque with the addition of the decoding information is interesting and relevant. Oh, I certainly believe that a new one would be relevant. However, if they're going to say, well, we came first, that really isn't necessarily true. Couldn't easily have been Cro-Magnon man got kicked out of the cave by Homo sapiens. Uh, oh, picture some canned air. Once again, Mayor, just a little bit too late. Well, first of all, he's talking about Carver's Cave, and I, I did downplay it yesterday. I said, you know, I can't really get too upset about a cave that I didn't even know existed. But but the emailer's right. That's how they get you, by not caring, by apathy, by apathy. But he also said I'm too late on canned air, and he sent me a picture of, uh, it's called Second Edition, The Champagne of Airs, and it's uh, from the wild, captured at the source. <laughs> Ingredients is nitrogen, oxygen, argon, carbon dioxide, and water vapor. So canned air is a thing. It exists. It exists. I wonder if I could capture canned country air when oh, yeah. they're spreading manure on the fields in the spring and fall. Because uh, right now, let me tell you guys, it's the smell of freedom everywhere you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> A bomb, uh, bo- I gotta say, right. See, I almost said it the old way. A bomb squad unit was dispatched to Eastern Maryland to investigate multiple Trump pan- a p- a Pence campaign signs after reports of suspicious devices on Sunday and Monday. Authorities uh, did not find suspicious devices. They actually found anti theft alarm systems attached to the signs. 
The state fire marshal bomb squad said in a press release on Monday that it and the Easton Police Department found five separate signs in and around Easton with devices described as a small audible alarm attached to the rear of the sign with a removable pin. According to the statement, an audible alarm sounds when the pin is removed. Fire marshal said it appears the purpose of the devices was to thwart the theft and removal of signs. At no time were these devices any threat to the public. The office noted that all signs with the devices were located in public areas. That violates Maryland state law, which says campaign signs are prohibited from being placed on public rights-of-ways, road shoulders, or medians. Fire marshal's office also said the citizen should contact local police if they find similar devices or any other campaign signs, adding that citizens should never uh, try upon, take it upon themselves to remove any suspicious devices. It's funny, I uh, searching the Internet, I found the police blotter for uh, Liberal Lakes, and uh, just last week, somebody from Liberal Lakes reported that somebody shot two holes through his Biden sign. Hmm. I thought that was uh, mm. interesting. Uh, also in Liberal Lakes last week, a tree fell down and is blocking most of the road. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so that's a problem. Wow, what and, are they going to uh, do? Also, They're going to stand around and look at it. The third yeah. entry in the uh, Liberal Lakes uh, police b- uh, blotter, cows are out on the road again. Oh. Six calves have been returned to their pasture, unable to make contact with the owners. Hmm. So huh. there's the news from Liberal Lakes for you. Uh, and from the Star Tribune, a youth hockey association in Ramsey County are examining their weapons policies after a dad with a rifle hanging over his shoulder walked his young son into a Vatness Heights ice arena. Law enforcement officers were called to the TCO Sports Garden September 26th in response to a weapons complaint and a report about the incident says the matter was referred to the city attorney. Ramsey County Sheriff's Department, which provides police service for Vadness Heights, declined to provide additional details. It's unclear why the man brought the firearm to the ice arena. County leaders and attorneys from the Ramsey County Attorney's Office will meet this week to consider ways to prevent similar incidents from occurring in all Ramsey County facilities. A photo of the armed father and his elementary school-aged son dressed in pads and carrying his hockey stick was widely circulated among parents in the White Bear Lake Hockey Association and apparently caused some consternation. In the letter to parents obtained by the Star Tribune, the association said it's working with Ramsey County to ensure the safety of participants. The association initially said it would ask for signs to be posted, making it clear weapons are not allowed at the arena, but noted in a subsequent letter that Minnesota statute prohibits such signs at Ramsey County facilities. The board said additionally the board is updating association policies to reflect a stance on weapons. The association has zero tolerance for weapons of any kind, according to a letter. Any person who carries a weapon on the premises of a hockey event will be banned from all ranks, no exceptions. Our handbook will soon reflect that updated policy, said. My son's not getting enough playing time. That's what I was thinking. Where's my coach? Where's his kid's (laughs) coach? (laughs) What I was thinking is that that poor kid, how embarrassing for the kid. Mm -hmm. Right. His dad trotting in there with one slung over his shoulder. Yeah. John, that's fantastic. It really is nice, isn't it? It really was. It really, it really was. was. It's you not as fantastic today, John. <laughs> not as fantastic as a Philly burger, Philly patty. No, that's one of the new burgers at uh, Grunhoffer's. Right. The Philly patty, red and green peppers, onion, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third pound beef patty, meatloaf, bacon, sliders, 
Uh, how about a uh, how about a uh, Bloody Mary brought in your Bloody Mary mm-hmm. for the football season? The grilling. What a what a week for grilling this is turning out to be. Yeah. With the temperatures supposed to increase all week long, get be in the 80s by the weekend. You got to get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo, and uh, you will discover the greatness we've been talking about for almost two years. Uh, in fact, I would say two years exactly. We've been talking about Grunhofer's. It's become GLer's favorite go-to place for the best meat in the area. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on Highway 61, because, of course, GLer's own Highway 61. Can you imagine that a delicious tri-tip? Mm. On the grill, just like maybe your your last one of the year, that mm. would be uh, that would be just like heaven. I would call it. Mm-hmm. I would call it heaven. Damn it! Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. all right. We'll be back shortly. All righty, come on. There we go. He treats the CP as if every day was her birthday. It's Joe Souchere. <laughs> Betty McCollum has represented the 4th Congressional District for 20 years. And she's got a Republican opponent. And I, uh, uh, when I heard about him, I thought, oh, great, let me look him up. Maybe we can have him on the air on the off chance that we could move Betty off the schneid there. His name is Gene. Look, it's R-E-C-H-T-Z-I-G-E-L, Retz Ziggle, a self-employed farmer, property manager, and self-taught legal expert. And I went to his website, and it's a mishmash of uh, black and white, color, agate type, drawings, graphs, uh, accusations, conspiracy theories. Uh, he's all over the map. Uh, he believes uh, space weather is causing climate change and that the Metropolitan Council is a tentacle of the United Nations that must be dismantled. Uh, he was not the Republican Party's endorsed candidate but is nonetheless their representative on the ballot in the 4th District, which includes Ramsey County and much of Washington County. Uh, the district has overwhelmingly supported Democrats for decades, but even local Republican leaders say they were surprised by the minimal GOP turnout in the August primary when they cited as the reason Retstigle defeated the party's chosen candidate, Attorney Sia Lowe. With a win for McCollum all but certain, the Congresswoman is focused more on supporting other Democratic candidates uh, from state legislators to presidential candidate Joe Biden. Uh, in Washington, she's working on issues like COVID-19 and trying to ban uh, copper nickel mining in the boundary waters. Uh, but I wanted to have this guy on, but I think it would be uh, a bit uh, a bit uh, hopeless to have him on. He's uh, He believes Scalia was killed and uh, murdered uh, because oh of... Okay. I mean, he's, he's all over the map here. Got it. Okay. Uh, How's our other guy doing? What, who's that guy? John Strominger. Is that, uh, is that who we had on? Yeah, I want to have him on again. Reichstiegel defeated Lowe by 316 votes in August when 18,000 people voted in the Republican primary. Four candidates challenged McCollum, but she easily won with 84% yeah. of the 95,000 votes cast. Are you kidding me? Did you say that she wants to uh, stop copper and nickel mining yes, up in yes, the range? Yes. You know one of the two most prevalent metals in, in batteries? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Which they want to shove down our throats with these cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's just better to have 12-year-old African kids uh, get in the mine every day and dig right. it out. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to do it here. 
where they'd be unionized and protected and paid well. Right. And, and yeah. raising families and right. contributing right. to the local economy and keeping the whole region uh, afloat. No, no, God, no. Don't. Well, anyway, I, I didn't follow up and, and go to uh, and call him. Uh, he might be hail fellow, well met, and good luck to him. Uh, but it doesn't sound like he's got a snowball's chance in hell of uh, upending McCollum's 20-year reign in the 4th Congressional District. So uh, the Republican Party really doesn't uh, really doesn't concentrate much on urban America, do they? No. At least in the Twin Cities. Maybe they right. do elsewhere. Uh, but I, I was disappointed uh, that we learned from Jennifer Carnahan that uh, the party really hasn't thrown much weight at all behind Strominger, who's running against that crackpot John Thompson, who probably will win just because his sign says DFL. Right. Yeah. It's just an absolute shame. It's an absolute shame. I'm really surprised that there isn't a, a major change due to some of the unions, uh, the firefighters union, the um, uh, police union. Well, police are for Strominger. The, uh, at least the law enforcement organization in Minnesota is behind Strominger. They can't abide uh, endorsing uh, John Thompson. It's, it remains an embarrassment that the state DFL has not told him to leave the right, ballot. Right. It's just an absolute embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shame. I hope people on the east side wake up. What, should we get Strominger on again? He said he was improving his speech uh, points. He was uh, developing some, some talking points. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's your show, Joe. You I think I want him on again. I, I think he's a good man. Uh, that's just really, really wandering in the wilderness here, a political wilderness that he's he's not terribly familiar with. And uh, I, I think that we should uh, allow him to have more exposure for the great people of the east side of St. Paul. Otherwise, you're going to get that lunatic. And God knows what you'll get when you get the lunatic. Okay. Have my have my wife on and tell her about her birthday. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, from our friend Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history, October 6th. In 1860, Joseph R. Brown's steam wagon, a horseless carriage that debuted in Henderson on July 4, is permanently mired near Three Mile Creek en route to Fort Ridgely. Brown would build another tractor in 1862, but he died before perfecting it. Mm -hmm. And in 1972, on this day, James Griffin became the first African-American deputy chief of police in St. Paul. I remember Mr. Griffin. James Griffin. So you get Griffin Stadium. Uh, No. Uh, And on this date in 1929, St. Paul City architect Franks, X-2s died in St. Paul. His last project was the Spanish Mission Revival-style Newell Park Pavilion in St. Paul's Hamlin Midway neighborhood. Charles A. Basford replaced him as the city's architect and finished his work on the pavilion in 1930. I'm having trouble picturing that pavilion. Can anyone picture uh, uh, that? No, I'm trying to picture where. Uh, I'm not paying attention. I got sucked into these. Are you uh, still on the, uh, the pol- cars? The police blotter here. <laughs> Well, we should note that Kenny's uh, in some distant location. He's not in the. Uh, he's not near the country's tallest buildings anymore. He has moved to uh, the heartland. I'm halfway between Liberal Lakes and GL. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, uh, very nice of you to join us today. I think it was very nice of you guys to complainant, join us. Complainant. Complainant. Uh, is the property owner and has served eviction notices, and they won't leave. 
complainant <laughs> is unsure of the exact address of the property and the name of the person that lives there. Wow. Now you tell me, is that Liberal Lakes or is that GL? Uh, Liberal Lakes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's Liberal and, Lakes. That's not GL. No, you're absolutely right. And the tree that fell down, I didn't read the rest of uh, the story to you. Um, the, the last line, people on the scene are cutting it up. Oh, so if good. a tree fell in the road and people are on the scene cutting it up, we know where that is, right? That's GL. That's GL. GL. Right. That's GL. Um, here's one. I think we know where Oh, I love is. this test. I love this test. Uh, our, okay, where is this? RP reports multiple people speeding past her residence. Uh, it could be, it could be either place. Yeah. No, I'm going to go, def- I'm going to go Liberal Lakes. Yeah, that's definitely, All here's right. a traffic stop for somebody eating pretzels and driving. <laughs> Liberal <I'm> Lakes. Gonna... <laughs> yes. Jeez. Yes. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, RP states party in gravel pit under. Who's RP, drinking. by the way? Who's uh, RP? Uh, RP is reporting party. Oh, I see. Party, I, I see. person that complains. It's easier yeah. for me to say that than complainant. Yeah. So RP states that a party, there's a party in the gravel pit, underage drinking, very long. Oh. Saw over 30 people there. Permitted event. So the oh. RP has been updated that it's that it's an event <laughs> that already has that a permit. Guess where that is? That's Liberal Lakes. Yep. And uh, this one. Oh, here's a tough one. 17-year-old boy fighting with his father at the access, now sitting in the middle of the uh, road and walking westbound, father nowhere to be seen. Guess where that is? Liberal Lakes. No, that's garage logic because obviously the dad just said, all right, you're walking home, kid. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, all right. He wasn't doing it to save that gas and save the world. And uh, finally, uh, truck just pulled into business. No taillights on trailer. Where do we pull people over for that? (laughs) Liberal Lakes. Yep, you got it. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all I got. And that's all I got. That's a wonderful contest. Yeah. That was nice. It was. It felt good. Thanks, GLers. Okay with you, Suchi boy. Oh yeah. How's the foot? Your scoots yet? Are you uh, scooting around? What now, Kenny? How's the foot? Scooting around the house? Did you get? No, I don't like the scooter. I'm on one crutch. I don't like the scooter. Huh? What about a chair? Wheelchair? Nope. Nope. What about PodMN? Do you ever go to that website? I love it. On your computer, it's PodMN.com. On your smartphone. It's just regular Pod MN. It's where you find all of Minnesota's latest and greatest podcasts. Pod MN or PodMN.com. What? Special shout out to Mike Fradeloni and Fradeloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. The mums are ready and it's time to plant some tulips. Pick them up at Fradeloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Does Frad have pain medication for Such? I think uh, maybe Such has a run. You gotta have the secret handshake. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs>